0: Let's just jump straight into it. I normally have it. about about five ten minutes of like pissing around and setting stuff up either on my end or the guest end or my usual co-host's end so I think we can just dive into it which is which is a rarity cool. um, let's go what's up Joe? thanks for being here man no problem Joe thanks from beauty it. school so listen man we've got um we've got like a link and a bit of history together. I don't know if you're are you aware of either of those? surprise me oh okay okay
1: uh, I, I feel bad am i gonna feel bad for not remembering my my memory is terrible
0: you sh- nah like you shouldn't really remember one of them and the other thing is just something you would either be aware of or you're not so firstly the history we have i think your my band and your band played together years ago this is where we you used to sing in the band called cool's landing right
1: yeah that's right yeah.
0: yeah 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 so my usual co-host of this show put on a a gig in Newcastle when I, I was in a band called Spineless Yes Men at the time. and Oh, so we we're going back some Newcastle. time there. Oh, over a decade. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. This where was a...
1: that? Was that at the Clooney?
0: No, it was at a place called The Telegraph, which is like a pub behind oh, Central yeah, yeah, Station. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was upstairs there, Um, which which I guess leads me to my connection with you. So, so my co-host, Nick, his brother, Rob, is – I don't know if he knows you, but he definitely knows – some of the Cools Landing guys who I think some of whom are in your current band. Do you know a guy Is called it? Rob? Yeah, go on. Sorry.
1: Rob, Rob Kennedy.
0: No, it's Rob Brownlee Sayers. I don't know if that name rings. A bell oh ring yeah,
1: Rob. I know Rob. So yeah, so Rob was a uh, really good friends with, He grew up with Cam and Johnny, who were the 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 guitarist and bassist in Cozadine. The only two members of Cozadine that didn't come across to be. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know, Rob. Nice. So, so he's the younger brother of Nick, who I normally co-host this show with. Right. But Nick's Nick's due to have a baby. It's either basically cut for his first, as well as either today or tomorrow. So, oh, shit, for no, obvious man. reasons, I'm kind of um, holding the fort with with yeah. this at the minute. But um, yeah, man. So, so we have a little bit of a link there. Well, there you go. It's a it's <laughs> a small
1: world, and and England is a small country as well. That's uh...
0: exactly exactly. Particularly, I feel in this scene as well. Like everyone oh, yeah. either knows each other or definitely has like mutual friends and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but let, let 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 let's jump into the, the the very present at the minute. So, your current band, Beauty School, just uh, came off a small little uh, matter of a one year's tour, which uh, wow, that must have been. How was that, man?
1: Ah, uh, it was. I mean, it's hard to describe it really what it was like. It was, you know, I mean based on the start of this conversation, you know, people will know that I've been playing in bands for a long time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this kind of just went above and beyond anything that we've ever done before. Anything that we were able to do before. And uh, it was just, it's just a different, they're just different types of shows when you're playing with the Wonder Years because their yeah. fans are so, um, their fans adore the Wonder Years so much that they're so committed to just like being there on time, queuing up there at the barrier as soon as the doors open. So it was like there was never any doubt that we were going to play to a full room every night, and the rooms that they, that we were playing were like big, the biggest rooms we ever played. So
0: yeah, so it was it, wild. It, it was literally like that at every show of the tour. Like you had a decent crowds. Yeah, every single one.
1: Opened. We we were we were apprehensive at first because. We like we we just cut we, so we did this tour like right after we'd just done a tour with the Dangerous Summer.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, So that. Yeah,
1: and it, so uh, don't get me wrong, the Dangerous Summer tour was still great, but like the biggest show on that one was 500 cap at, um, at the Underworld in at Camden. Yeah, and the smallest venue on the Wonder Years tour was. Uh, 600 cap at uh somewhere in Bournemouth I can't remember the name of the venue now yeah so on the on the Dangerous summer tour the tickets were kind of sporadic so like I think Newcastle I think only did like 100 tickets so when you've got like 100 sales for the entire night you don't know how many are going to be there for for course. you when you're on because i mean we were main support on that one so we were we were still on quite like about half, about half past eight something like that so we still had decent crowds each night on that one but going into the one Year's tour we were like are people gonna rock up to the shows for doors because we were the first on so we were on like half past seven every night in fact one one day we were on at six uh six te- uh six fifty like uh wow. really early and it's so, still really um, busy yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, they're, they're so dedicated to the Wonder Years fans and playing with them. You can see why.
0: Wow. So how how did that kind of, how did that come about? were you, was this via your booking agent or a link with the Wonder Years? Like, I mean, just... so we
1: we don't currently we don't currently have a booking agent. We're like in the works at the moment, trying okay. to like uh, secure one. We're trying to secure uh, a specific booking agents so we're, we're kind of holding okay. out of it. yeah but our manager um he's called jd and he he runs slam dunk festival uh, with ben ray so yeah. he's got we'll good come to connections that a bit later, yeah. with yeah with um you know with with these bands particularly the wonder years like they the wonder years and jd go way back and uh okay. jd had kind of been hinting that that he he wanted us on the tour um to the guys in the Wonder Years and uh we I remember during the summer um Soupy, Dan Campbell, the yeah. singer of, of Wonder Years, he yeah. texted JD out of the blue and he was like, Oh, I've just listened to your to your the band that you manage. And he was like the singer's got pipes. Like we really like oh, it. Compliments so, for you. Yeah, yeah that was kind of like the 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 first hint that the one years were kind of we were on their radar and then um and then nothing came of it uh and and i think jd had pushed for the tour and it was like we were pretty certain that it wasn't going to happen yeah and then one morning i just out completely out of the blue got a phone call from jd and he was like um you, you're going on tour with the Wonder Years, and I literally—it was like it was must have been about eight o'clock in the morning. I think it was like a Saturday or something because I was still in bed, and I yeah. just put the phone straight down. I was like, I was just like, he's having me on. Like I didn't believe him at all. Just put the phone down and then called him back a couple of hours later when I woke up. I was like, did I dream that? Was that was that reality? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah. Well, he didn't even respond. He just sent me a picture of a text message that he'd received from the Wonder Years booking agent that just said so beauty school are going to get the one year star and that was yeah that's how it came about really
0: well how close to the tour was that um so it was right before
1: if i remember rightly it was right before we went out with the dangerous summer so it was about okay about a month and a half before the tour happened right um but we couldn't we we had to wait a couple of weeks to announce it, so we actually ended up announcing that tour whilst we were on the Dangerous Summer Tour.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. So like I mean, I kinda I wanna go back to like the early start of your career a little bit, but before we do that, just so Dangerous Summer Tour, I mean and main support on that as well. That's that that's pretty impressive in itself. Was in like in your career in any of your bands, was that like tour-wise, the biggest thing you'd been put on at that point? Or or have you got things in your past that kind of compare with that?
1: Not not in terms of touring. A- any tours that I'd done in previous bands were like DIY um, yeah. stuff. Uh, and th- the rest were like... We-, we had played some big shows, but they were like local shows. So we would get a decent support slot on a good band that was coming through Leeds. Right, and we won, okay. We also in, in in Carl's Landing, we we won a competition to play Leeds and Reading Festival, which that was like the biggest thing that we'd done until that point. Yeah, but yeah, the Dangerous Summer was the was the biggest thing that we'd ever done, and it was kind of um, yeah, it was the it was the realest thing we'd we'd ever done as well, you know, because it wasn't like it wasn't like we were. Being put on the show as a favor, it was like we'd been asked to to be the main support on this tour, and we were, you know, yeah. getting guarantees every night and everything like that. So it was just like, yeah, it was the realest thing we'd ever done.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Um, so, so what I will do now, if it's cool with you, Joe, is like just because what what we normally do is like kind of take it back a little bit and go through the career of whoever we're speaking to. But like, so obviously, I know a little bit about your past and stuff, but so well I think of Cools Landing as sort of being the a Leeds band right is that kind of, is that the area you grew up in i mean it kind of sounds like it is from your accent
1: yeah so i'm from leeds right uh, i've I've lived in Leeds all my life um Kohl's Landing is a band that we we formed in uni at, at Leeds college of Music. Okay. so we we were all from different areas um i see uh charlie was from charlie's from manchester jordan's from halifax and then cam and johnny who didn't come over
0: to yep. beauty school
1: uh they were from newcastle
0: H- hence They're, the link with yeah, um yeah 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 my co-host's brother okay so was Cool's landing your your first band or had you you've been in bands growing up
1: no yeah previous to that uh so the first band, the first proper band I was in, I would say, like the first one where we were like gigging a lot, was a band called Goodbye for Now, and it was like an emo screamer outfit, right. like two right. thousand <laughs> yeah, and six esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we started that. I was I did that till I started Cause Landing, um. But you know, it was just like that was like my, uh, learning period you know that was kind sure, of like sure. where i was just figuring out what it is to actually be in a band and everything like that yeah and then college yeah. landing was a little more serious than that um and then beauty school was was the the real one but i mean in <laughs> fairness beauty school wasn't meant to be it was when we started beauty school it was just gonna be you know we it, it, it was kind of like I always use this analogy, but for us, it was kind of like um, just going to, like, five-a-side football or something. It was We yeah. were just doing it to play music. We didn't actually intend for it to do anything because we thought Calls Landing was the one that we had thrown everything into.
0: Right, yeah, 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 and that, um, that obviously only, you know, went so far, and then you kind of, like, I guess, yeah. like you're getting older and stuff, so you think... That's,
1: That's it, yeah. yeah, so at the time of starting beauty school, like, I'd just got married, I'd just got my... Right. Uh, my pgc started teaching right and so it was like i just don't want to make music because you can't really switch that off but exactly yeah it's just like it was just like a cathartic thing and then the pandemic happened we couldn't play shows so it was like we wrote an album and then by the time right. the pandemic
0: was over we were already signed <laughs> wow <laughs> no yeah no it's funny it's i mean um the band i was in when we played together back in the day, cause like we were all sort of hitting our thirties at that point. So that it was, it's funny. You used the analogy of five side football. That's how we used to see it. It was like, you know, cause we'd been in younger bands when we we're really trying to make it. But in that one, it's just like, well, what some people play five, a side, we go to practice every week. It was just, that's it. Yeah, that's it. it. If, if you have that enjoyment for it, that's,
1: you know, yeah. That's, and I think if you're like a creative, if you, if you enjoy creating and enjoy writing, you can kind of you you can think you can switch it off and you can take a break from it, but you can never yeah. really switch it off. Like you will always have that um, sort of desire to to write music and create music and and do it. It's just like once it's there, it's there. Yeah, it's not going yeah. away.
0: Well, so how long was the gap between Cool's landing, kind of disbanding, and Beauty Beauty School becoming a thing? Um
1: it was so calls landing we broke up in 2016 um and then we did nothing for a year musically any of us and then we did a we did a one-off show in 2017 and then again did not well i say we did nothing for a year i actually ended up in a another band called beachhead um and we we did like one Week long tour, but then it didn't work because the drummer was from Liverpool and we were kind of spread all over the country. And then, uh, beauty school started kind of late 2019, so okay. just before the pandemic, really. Right, right. Uh, so in total, like I guess you could say 2016 was the end of Calls and 2019 was the start of beauty school, but it wasn't as clear cut as like three years of not
0: doing music at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. And wait, it's is there six of you in the band? Yeah. So there was <laughs> five. There was originally five and okay. then we
1: and then we added another member in in May. Yeah.
0: So you you basically got the same setup as the Wonder years, effectively. Pretty
1: much, yeah. That's pretty much I mean, it wasn't intentional. It was just that So the the way that the, the way that beauty school kind of works is um the two guitarists, the rhythm guitarist plays quite a lot of lead and mathy style uh twiddles, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. And then the lead guitarist plays lead. But Dan, who's the the kind of rhythm twiddly guitarist, his parts are super, super complex to play, but he also does an immense amount of backing singing. Like we have a lot okay. we we do a lot of harmonies and it's kind of one of the things that i like to think helps us stand out live because we've got we work really hard on the on the way the vocals sound together mm-hmm. so uh we decided to add grant and grant would take over dan's parts and dan kind of plays simplified third guitar parts now so that he can concentrate more on, on uh, the singing I
0: see. okay okay yeah and I mean, how do you find it? Like, kind of organizing six people, like between yourselves, is that? Oh man, can that be a hassle <laughs> sometimes? It, and, like, mate, was, everyone making hassle. practice.
1: <laughs> it was a hassle when we when we had five members. Man, like, we're, yeah. we're it's yeah. just difficult. I think the thing is, especially at the moment, it's kind of weird because we um, so we're currently without a bass player officially um okay because uh our original bass player lee just when the when we were on the dangerous summer tour he kind of he wasn't enjoying being on tour because touring is kind of like it's difficult it's Mm -hmm. a lot of fun if that's what you love doing but it's very difficult and consuming in terms of like you know emotionally and just yeah. it can be draining, and if 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 you're only on if if you're on stage for half an hour out of a full day of traveling, and that's the only part you enjoy, yeah, it's kind of not for you. And I think it's Lee, push. yeah, Lee came to that realization during the tour, um, so he decided to step away from the band, and we haven't replaced him. We've just got someone sessioning for us at the moment. On okay on bass guitars but he lives in london so at the moment like organization is pretty tough because yeah we're we're spread a little bit thin but it's it it, it's not too bad right now because we've we've not got any more shows for the rest of the year and we're kind of just focusing on writing at the moment
0: okay okay um yeah no it's funny you mentioned obviously you know touring is kind of you know it's a bit you know everyone knows it's a grind who's had some kind of experience of it. I noticed um so on that dangerous summer tour like you were you were posting about you had some issues with your throat the singing oh, like yeah, that that, that gross, must have man. been a heavy few days yeah it was it
1: was the it was definitely the darkest days of of being in this band like the 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 night that the night that it was worse was the same night that Lee left the tour the Bass player, and I honestly thought oh, that was good, like, was going to be the end of the band. Yeah. And the worst thing about it is, I couldn't speak, I was literally on voice rest, so I couldn't. And um, my wife had traveled to Newcastle, uh, for that show, yeah, uh,
0: because it was which, her
1: birthday week.
0: Oh, man. which Newcastle venue is it? Really, uh, the think tank, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, I had a feeling it would be, yeah,
1: so um it was just this really strange and horrible night where I had to kind of enjoy the night for my wife's sake, but had all this stuff going on in the background, but couldn't actually speak either. Like I I literally couldn't talk because my, my, I I, I had laryngitis basically, but it's where you, when you overuse the vocal cords and the the muscles around it just swell so intensely that you just can't use your vocal cords at all. Yeah. And, uh, Yeah, so those were the the roughest days I've I've ever had in any band, but it it came about because. So so when I'm not playing in beauty school, I'm a music teacher. Oh, okay. And um, so I and I'm a music performance teacher, so a lot of my classes are like in the ensemble rooms and the practice rooms with the with the students, like Mm -hmm. putting songs together and helping them, you know sing a lot of the time and i just had like six weeks off for summer and then i'd gone back in at the start of september i'd done a month of like talking a lot and singing a lot and then i went straight out on tour and i knew on the first night i knew that my voice was weaker and i felt that i was having to like overexert just to get the notes out that I needed to to get to sing. And then the night before yeah. Newcastle we were in Leeds, which was a hometown show, and it was bouncing. It was phenomenal. And I probably got a little bit too excited. And yeah, I woke up the next day and I, I literally couldn't even use my voice at all. Couldn't speak. It it, it just it was it was completely gone. Hadn't had nothing there. Not even not even a solid whisper. It was just nothing. Um and I had to play a show that night in Newcastle.
0: So how how did the actual show go down? How was your voice in well, that during that performance? Well it did it wasn't there. It didn't exist. Oh, it was, well, You were literally just on the stage. so how, uh, I was essentially, yeah, how did that work?
1: <laughs> so so we, we have so me, Grant and Dan, we all all sing in the band. Those mm-hmm. two do backing vocals. And Grant basically took on a lot of the main vocals to sort of support mine. Now what I did is I didn't speak or say anything all day. And then when the, when the set came about, I just kind of did anything I could to make a noise come out of my mouth. And well, wow. was mostly like whisper or shouty. It was horrible. It was awful. It was the most like embarrassing, like degrading time as a singer that I've, that I've ever had. But I just knew that the choice was, the choice was come off the tour, or or see out of that show and and like do what we could. And to be fair, the crowd were like really supportive, and that was nice. But it still didn't it didn't take away from how I felt about it. And and the way that I, I kind of got through it in the end was um, so I'd been searching online for like magic remedies or you know like anything yeah. that i could do to get my voice back and there was nothing the internet just had no answers for me um and uh i ended up messaging my friend ollie who's the singer in a band called static dress and he obviously screams a lot more so i don't know if you've heard their band but it's heavier and right that it and uh they do much more touring than we do. And I just said, look, how do you get through a tour? Like, how do you do it Mm -hmm. when your voice is feeling weak? And he was like, no alcohol, do not say a word, stay away from vocal zones, which are like the tablets that you're supposed to take to make your voice better. He was like, do not touch them. And he was like, eat raw ginger. So I was just (laughs) (laughs) scranning raw ginger (laughs) all day. It was awful. It was vile. And uh, and and not forty eight hours later, I had my voice back and I was singing again. So, oh
0: wow! So, so yeah, so it all worked out in the end. Yeah, I suppose you know that's part of touring, like having to deal with these little problems when they come up and stuff. I guess. Yeah. Know? Um, I was so the guy who who so your full length came out. I don't know. I want to say a couple of months ago, something like that. Because I I remember when it when it came out. Um uh rob who we talking about he messaged me he's like oh yeah i know these guys like check this out and i remember listening to it at the time thinking oh yeah this is cool slam dunk records as well that's also very cool and then uh i was talking to your publicist as well so it's like all fell into fell into line quite nicely but um so you say you were you essentially wrote that record during the pandemic yeah well some Um, of
1: it we some of it we'd written before the pandemic okay um because we didn't know we were writing an album it it wasn't like right, oh we're, right. we're going to create an album it was like we had we had five songs um written before the pandemic three of which made it onto the album um and it was like because we couldn't play shows it was like right we've got five songs let's what can we do now let's write yeah. a sixth song let's write a seventh song and then eventually we had this pool of like 15 songs and it was like, well, let's just make an album then because what else can we do? And it, it was that thing, wasn't it, in the pandemic? It was like every, especially at the start, it was like, this thing's not going to last more than six weeks. And then it was like, yeah, right, this thing's not right. going to last more than 12 weeks. And it was just like, it just went on and on and on. And at a certain point it was like, well, we either stopped doing the band because because we can't play gigs and that's the whole reason we that's what we wanted to do course, or we just yeah. keep writing songs so yeah we we just kept writing <laughs>
0: and ended up with an album uh, okay and i i saw in the credits was it james james kenosha like was was, was that who you work with on the record
1: yeah so james james is who produced the the record so originally we had recorded demos yeah. And that we recorded them with Grant, who's the guy we added to the band in May. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah. So, because he, he's like a, 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 I guess, am I insulting him by saying he's a bedroom engineer? He's got a studio, <laughs> but he's, you know, he's he, Uh, so he, he had produced some demos for us, and um, I think we'd done about five or six demos with him, yeah. and then uh we had found out that slam dunk records were interested in helping the band out by putting out a single on slam dunk records uh, okay so real,
0: so real quick how yeah. did how did that come about
1: so jd who's our manager yeah he is like my best friend so i kind okay. of had an in and okay. during the pandemic obviously the pandemic did a lot of favors for us. I mean, I know it was a bad time for a lot of people and it was a bad time generally, but it did the band a lot of favors because because the 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 venues that Slam Dunk on were closed and the festival wasn't happening that it the, it was pitched uh somewhere along the line I don't know when but as far as my understanding goes JD had pitched to Ben Ray, who's the director of Slam Dunk, to bring back Slam Dunk Records because Slam Dunk Records originally brought brought out um, the Meet at Six first record and a few other bands back in okay. uh, in like between I guess two thousand seven and ten or something like that, and then it had not they hadn't done anything else. And JD wanted to bring Slam Dunk Records back out of retirement, I guess, as a project during the pandemic. Uh, okay. And um, they had like bands in mind, I guess that were that they were going to sign or or whatever. And as we 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 were doing a headline show, you know, when when shows were first allowed to happen after the pandemic, we were going to do a headline show. And I can't exactly remember how it came about, but somewhere along the line, Ben had agreed to put out a single for beauty school so so that the the agreement was ben would real do do a slam dunk record showcase and it would be beauty school headlining and it would be a single launch for this one single that slam dunk we're going to put out and it they would use that as a platform to show off the bands that they had signed and put those underneath us on the bill because we already had quite a strong leads following from calls landing and everything else. So I guess they knew that by doing this for us and putting on that headline show and allowing us to release a single on Slumdunk records that we could, that we would put uh, their bands in front of a fairly decent sized audience, I guess. Okay. So we sent, all the so so we we like frantically went to Grant and was like okay we need to record all the songs that we've got we need to make demos for them to send them to Slam Dunk Records so that they can pick the single that they want to release so we recorded all the tracks sent them all to Slam Dunk Records and then i was uh sat outside work one afternoon and and it was another great phone call from JD where he rang me right. up and he was like Ben wants to do the full album. Ben wants to sign you on an album deal, and and he he loves all the songs. And oh, it was yeah. wild. Yeah, that was kind of just the start of it.
0: <laughs> uh, and and that's when you, you I guess started looking for producers and this uh, and James oh yeah, sorry, I completely like missed yeah, the James. No, yeah, no, it was, yeah, no, no but it's it's me who who diverted you. To be fair, no. Um, so we what what happened that, yeah, is
1: once 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 we'd signed to the to the label, the next thing was recording the album and um it was it was the label who found james kenosha he'd done like the marmosettes and he'd done yeah i saw that looking at his website yeah yeah and um we just thought it would be a good fit that was that that was affordable and close to home and uh you know that that we could you know uh, that we could kind of get the sound we wanted um without traveling to the states because that's kind of where most of the albums get produced for the kind of music we make.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um was was he quite hands-on as a producer? He was
1: great like
0: he is
1: so like so we we've never recorded an album before like in that way, you know, we when we got there and it, it was just like I don't know. He just there was no messing around. It was just like it, the the drums were set up, and and he, it's almost like he didn't seem to do much. And then the sound that was coming back through into the control room was just so good. It was like he's, mm. you know you could just tell that he'd done it a thousand times before. Yeah, and uh, you know it's like Jordan, our, our our lead guitarist. He plays on like he plays on like a a hundred pound Squire guitar or something. I mean, you might kill me for saying that. Like it's, it's probably <laughs> worth more than that, but it's like a Squire uh, yeah. guitar. It's not like, you know, some thousand pounds guitar or anything like that, but the sound, you know, he he was like, should I use a different guitar? And Kenosha was like, no, no, we'll use that. we we'll use that. We'll get your pedal set up. And he just h- had everything sounding so good. Um And it was all, created on the equipment that we owned. We didn't use any of his pedals. We didn't use any of, so it was, yeah. it was our sound like in its truest form. And yeah, like it was really, it was crazy working with James, to be honest.
0: Okay. Did he mix it as well?
1: Yeah, he mixed it and then it was okay. mastered um, by someone else. Can't remember who. Sorry. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, nice.
0: Okay. Um, so you, you, you said you're kind of focusing now on writing new music. Have you got, have you got, um have you identified the time that you guys want to go back in the studio, or are you just kind of taking that as it comes for now? Uh
1: yeah, we're just kind of taking it as it comes. I think with the we're just like demoing tracks at the moment. We've we've got so many ideas kind of backed up because it's been so full on this year with getting the singles out and then getting the album out and doing the tours and playing the festivals in the summer and everything. It's like there was never a chance to just do a writing session because we were always rehearsing for something that was coming up. Yeah. So we just got so much stuff backed up like voice notes and, and little bits of recordings that we've got on our computers and things like that, that, that we've, we've probably got like, I don't know. We haven't got, we haven't got one single finished song, but we've probably got enough material to make like two or three albums. Okay. (laughs) Like just, but they're not, they're not together yet. So, we're just starting to demo and piece bits together now, and then you know we don't want to wait too long because that's one of the things about being a small band like that's it man it's easy to just go to just fall off the radar if you don't keep the momentum going so
0: yeah, that's the danger i mean my my listeners will get bored of this because I always bring it up things like this up, but like uh, so I manage a band and like they they were out with social distortion in the summer, which was a huge tour, you know, like, um, I guess, you know, similar kind of thing to what you did with the wonder years, but, yeah. you know, opening band just on a huge tour. And it was just like, this is amazing. But then it's just, once that's done, we need to keep this momentum going. And, that's it, yeah. you know, cause I guess they're at kind of a similar level. It's just, you know, what, you know, what do so, you do always and stuff. And it, it kind of has this anxiety tied to it as well. You're
1: always kind of thinking, okay, what, what comes next then? Like what? Yeah. Like w- once this Wonder Years tour was done, it's like what happens next then? Like what? What? Where do yeah. we go from here? and Where? You know. So, uh,
0: I mean, do you, do you have things kind of in the pipeline for the next few months in terms of shows and tours and stuff? Well, I think we're done for the um, we're we're done for this year,
1: in, in and okay. t- unless like a random odd show pops up, uh, that's that's too good to turn down. Yeah, but I yeah, see. I, think,
0: you, I see. You guys did press club recently, which my guys did. My guys are Birmingham based. They did the Birmingham one. Oh yeah, like, that was
1: that was great. We we literally got added to that the night before the show. Uh,
0: yeah, my guys were the week before the <laughs> yeah. Birmingham one. So yeah, I think there was a yeah. lot of that happening on that tour. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, it was really good actually as well. We, yeah. we really enjoyed that show. So yeah, that uh, that that's it for this year in terms of shows. But then okay. I think the the intention is that. The next, uh, early next year, we're, we're kind of looking at it now. Um, we want to do our first headline run. Um, yeah, and uh, and I know that we, we I know that JD and the label are looking at some other tours as well that they want us on, but okay. um, yeah, there's 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 things in the works, yeah.
0: And how do you find like so? You mentioned obviously you mentioned PGCE before and you say you're a music teacher how i assume the the other five guys in the bands have full-on jobs how, how do you guys do that balance i mean like i have the same with with my guys because they're all in their. i think bar the, our drummer they're all in their 30s so yeah. they have the same thing working full-time jobs and i was i was just talking to um do you know that band on pure noise action adventure I don't know if yeah yeah I've, I've heard of them yeah we we have i spoke to them on thursday and like they've just you know they they've kind of Blown up, but they're they're all kind of in their thirties when they work jobs yeah. when they're basically touring all the time. So is it's... it now,
1: man. Thirties to the new twenties, yeah. exactly. But so is that,
0: yeah, how do you find it? How do you manage it?
1: Uh, it's tough because, um, I mean, I'm quite lucky in the sense that being a music teacher, like, and I teach at college level. So okay, being like. Being a music teacher, I was kind of employed on the merit that I work in the music industry and that I'm in a band and that I'm doing these things. Oh, okay. So in some sense, it's not that they can't say no, but it's almost like, what's the point in any of it then? Like, if you you hired me on that basis, you, you can't really then not allow me to go out and be a musician so it's kind of like this dual <laughs> okay. professionalism yeah. situation that's going on yeah it's like, you
0: found a loophole yeah in a, in a
1: way so so i'm quite lucky in that sense but it is difficult because sometimes you know i have to like deliver like i, I literally had to deliver a session from the van on my laptop uh, during this tour you know like on on a zoom call during doing a session so it is difficult and i know that the other guys they kind of have to do a mix of that as well like i think uh, three of the f- no four well three of the four other members because obviously we don't have a bass player right now. We, um, yes. that they, they work remotely anyway, so they kind of mix between working on the road and um and taking holidays where where necessary. So it is hard. It's it's something that you have to work out, but the, it's just kind of the the unfortunate nature of of the music industry at the moment or the the diy industry at least it's like you can't you can't earn enough money right now as a small band to support yourself going out and touring like 300 days out of the year like what like what it used to be back in the you know i I remember funeral for a friend when they were blowing up and
0: (laughs) mate it's 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 funny you mentioned them so my my our booking agent is their singer (laughs) So oh really like oh yeah, yeah. he works well. for uh,
1: yeah. he works for um what's the company it's avocado yeah. avocado yeah he's based yeah, yeah. in germany now isn't
0: he he is he is yeah. lovely guy shout out to matt yeah, um, yeah he's great so, I, but cut you off, I remember anyway,
1: watching it no no sorry i remember watching a, a thing where matt was saying that like his advice to make it in a band Which is completely irrelevant now because you can't do it. Was literally just get in the van and go out and play shows, as many shows as you can, like 300 shows a year. Well, you can't do that now because everything is strangled. Like, you can't, if you do it, you can't afford to live a reasonable and normal life. Not as a 30 year old, anyway, which is kind of like when most of these bands, or a lot of bands, are kind of discovering themselves now later than they did previously.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. That that, um, that that seems to be the trend.
1: Yeah. I mean it's not it, it's not an exclusive trend. There are still a lot of young bands up and coming, but they're the ones that blow up blow up super fast. But these kind of smaller yeah. bands now, you know uh, you know, there's a lot of bands that are in their late twenties, early thirties now that are kind of touring outfits yeah. and it's like, well, that they're, they're all going through the same struggles that we are. I got some really good advice from the one actually when I was out on the road, cause they've oh, done yeah. it full time for like 12 years or something now. Right. So yeah, they were yeah. kids when they started doing it. Uh, but yeah I, yeah, I noticed you had Casey on the podcast.
0: We did. Yeah. And yeah. Casey, re- really nice guy who I'm, who I'm sure you know reasonably well now.
1: Oh yeah. He's lovely. And he just, yeah. he was giving me some sage advice on, on oh, a yeah. night out in Bristol on the, on the tour. Yeah. Just nice. about like managing like touring and, and life uh, generally because there's things that you don't even think about that exist when you're out on tour that you that you haven't even considered like how many times is it appropriate to call my wife and things like that and how many you know like what like like think things like that like what do you things that you just don't even think about considering like when you're in that zone and you're on tour you know you kind of inadvertently ignore other parts of your life and like like so i got some really good advice about how to sort of manage that when you when you're out on the road
0: what what, what is there any kind of like kind of headlines from that advice that they gave you that, that you could share for people in that position or um nothing like there was nothing i guess
1: i guess one one of the things that that he was talking about was just kind of setting the setting, like your internal rules about yourself, about like what, what you're gonna, what you are and aren't going to do during a day that, that uh, sort right. of pertains to like real life at home. So are you going to check in on this? Are you going to, you know how, because one, one of the things that I had was like, I hadn't, I hadn't, Face, I hadn't FaceTimed my wife for like four days whilst I was out on the tour. And she right, she right. wasn't, there was no problem with that. But yeah. it was just like, she she messaged me one night and I was like, oh, you haven't even tried to FaceTime me once. And, I, and right. in my head, I was like, oh, well, I didn't want to pester you. Right. But then actually yeah. kind of yeah. had me like considering actually she's at home and yeah. I'm out here doing all this like good stuff. It's like, I've not even thought about that, but I wasn't trying to be like, you know not considerate yeah. and it just just things like that that you don't even think about you wouldn't even it wouldn't even cross your mind yeah um when you're out there but then it, it happens and yeah so it was just things like that like he, he, he was telling me about how you know they all deal with their situations and obviously like soup he's got kids now and he's got that sure, added yeah. layer of of that on top. and when you're in your 30s and you're married like me, and you're a teacher. It's like that. That kind of shit's on the horizon for me. So it's like, yeah, it course, was good yeah. to get that sort of knowledge from someone who lives it.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And be shown that it can be done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. So I mean, I'm going a little while now. So like, I don't want to take too much of your time. So I kind of, um. I reckon we can probably wrap this up in a minute. So, like, what the way we kind of finish these is kind of we, we throw some random questions at our guests normally. So, I feel like we're at that stage now. So, I'm just gonna fire some questions at you, and like, there's no particular kind of logic or order to them. But it's it, it's things that I always find interesting from our guests. So, yeah, um, staying on the topic of music at the minute, like, what are you listening to at the minute? Like, uh, newer artists, perhaps, or just you know, what what's kind of in your current daily playlist that you go to right now
1: well i i listen to a lot of um i listen i'm kind of stuck in my ways i listen to a lot of old stuff that i that i've always listened to from back in the day so whenever i go on tour and uh, we have like a group playlist in the van and that's when I discover a bunch of new bands. Oh, I see. Okay. So, because, the, because all the rest of the guys are well on it with like new music. So I've been yeah. listening to a band called Narrowhead a lot. Um, Hot Mulligan as well. Um, that I've really been enjoying. And yeah. then I actually recently went to see um, Bon there, which I didn't realize until I saw them live that that's how you pronounce it. So it's not <laughs> Bon either, it's Boney there because that's how... I did not know I'm that, you know. It. Yeah. Uh, and I've just kind of like re well not even rediscovered because I, I, I've always been a big Bon Iver fan but only really kind of stuck with the first two records but then I kind of when I saw it live the new the newer two records it was like a whirlwind of like emotion and in my head and I've just like realized how great those albums are so yeah I've been spinning those and then a lot of Pine Grove I always get in the neck because Pine Grove seems to be the only band that I listen to
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay nice man um so this is one I've started asking guests recently and so I'm going to give you three previous guests we've had on this show okay and you only get to keep the music of one of them Ooh. Um, and I'm going to th- give me a second I'm going to think of these as I go along I, I, I always throw some 41 in here but I feel that's just because I like to show off we've had some 41 on the show and I think it's important to be having that one so we'll leave them off so you know we'll have to you know imagine what your feelings are on some 41 so I'm going to go for let's see Um Newfound Glory um, Menzingers or the main, you know, only keep the music of one of those. Ah, oh, it's
1: good. Oh, sh- JD's gonna kill me for this because Newfound Glory is his favorite band. But uh, the Menzingers for me, I, uh, okay. I absolutely love that band, absolutely love that band. Like, just that, that whole kind of New York style punk that you can imagine being played in the most underground of punk venues <laughs> like that's that's what i'm all about i do love newfound as well though the main yeah i can take or leave
0: <laughs> fair enough fair enough um yeah th- did you catch that most recent men singers tour or did it yeah. clash with, with no, when you were was, out with dangerous summer it might have done yeah it dates. was the
1: same time as we were out with dangerous summer there was actually oh, a I show guess. the day that we got back from tour but i came back from tour with covid <laughs>
0: Oh shit, really? Yeah. Oh man. Just to add to your, your woes on that yeah. tour. Oh, um Have you ever, ever seen a ghost? Uh,
1: no. Well I I don't believe in ghosts, but I have seen a weird thing. I once saw a dude. I once saw a dude study my bedroom. I was a kid, really young. I once saw a dude study my bedroom in what I can only describe as like a fast food uh outfit like like a mcdonald's kind of uh get up but it yeah. wasn't mcdonald's okay and he was stood there and i shut my eyes really tight and i opened him we still stood there and i bolted out of the room and slept in my mum's bed that's the only thing that has ever happened to me that i could consider okay. supernatural but i yeah. i'm sure it was a hallucination
0: right right yeah just still not fully awake or whatever cool yeah. story though <laughs> <laughs> um favorite tv show or shows
1: Ah, oh, this one's tough, I think. Uh it's gotta be like my my go to's for like, you know, when you just go to bed and you need to put something kinda of that yeah. you know on watching it are uh, um uh, The Office, the US one.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And um Arrested Development. I also okay. really like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but it's too loud to put on when I go to bed because they're always screaming. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a bit exhausting, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, man. Um, and finally, um, favorite album. And like, I know that's putting you on the spot. So if you want to like fire a couple at me, that's that's allowed.
1: Ah, uh, this is a difficult question. Th- this is a difficult question because I guess until they got cancelled I would have to say that the devil and God uh, uh, are raging yeah. inside me by brand new was my favorite album ever and right. that was kind of like that just nearly put me off music forever when 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 that bad shit came out about about uh, so, so do Lewis. you
0: uh does that make it difficult to listen to that band full stop for you yeah like, you- Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: But that was, that was my favorite record. But, but second to that, I would say White Pony uh, by the Deftones. Deftones. Yeah. And Deftones. So beauty school is a Deftones song and that's where we got the name from.
0: Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. My, I kind of, I, I, I did that thing. So like I'm, I was sort of, I turned 18 in the year 2000. I was kind of like in, in 99, I was into pop punk. And new metal at the same time, and yeah, then when was I was me. like, like around 2001, like when yeah. I was sort of 18, 19, I just kind of went down the the punk emo route and kind of like left new metal to the side. So my deftones tones knowledge was better in those days. I kind of uh, abandoned yeah. them. I'm sorry to say, but okay. That's yeah, cool. for me it was like I was equally
1: like I, I loved Corn and Deftones and Limp Bizkit and all those yeah. bands at the same yeah. time as like Blink 182
0: Offspring Sum 41 yeah yeah I think I think that's how a lot, lot of can't our pasts wait work for you to arrive and I can't wait for you to arrive and I
1: can't wait for you to arrive and we'll say